0: Hallelujah, praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you this evening, thanking God for again having the opportunity to meet with you around the table of his word. We will open our study with a word of prayer, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of study. And for your Holy Spirit working in us, enabling us to dig deeper into your word, to behold you, and to become more like Jesus. Father, we pray that Jesus would be our life and that we also will be revealed with him in glory. And we thank you for revelation, for insight, for understanding, and for your enabling grace. That causes us to be doers of your word so that we might be changed, we might be transformed, we might be blessed, and even become a blessing unto others. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise for completing what you have begun in our lives to the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, tonight we are continuing the study that we started last week, entitled, A Treasure to God, Amen. And what we looked at was the fact that God has not only deposited a treasure in us, but He wants us, to become a treasure to him. You see, as believers, we ought to live every day as if we are on a mission, because the fact is that we are. And the Lord wants us to be able to hear what he's saying to us, and to stay prepared to hear his voice all the time. And no matter how insignificant we might feel at times, God has declared plainly in his word that he himself has set members, the members, he says, every one of them in the body as it pleases him, amen. This is actually taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18, which reads, let me read it again. He has set the members every one of them in the body as it has pleased him amen this means that god created each of us and called us with a specific plan in mind and set us in the body of christ as it pleased him amen you see god knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. He knows the plans that he has for us. Actually, in Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse uh, 11, which we i sure we are all familiar with, it says, for I know, this is God speaking, he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace, and not of evil to give you an expected end. Hallelujah. So God is a God of purpose. He, whatever he does, he does for a purpose, and he knows the end from the beginning. So it is crucial for, you know, for us to see with our spiritual eyes what that expected end is. Amen. Uh, which only the Holy Spirit can reveal to us, so that we can know our identity in christ we must know what our life represents right here on the earth amen in other words we need to know by the spirit of god who we are called to be and what we have been called to achieve through christ dwelling in us it's not going to be in the flesh it's going to be done in the spirit the Bible says it is not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God dwells in us. Amen. We are the temple of God. Actually, we saw that in our last lesson last week, but let's go ahead and look at that verse again. First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Amen. First Corinthians 3 verse 16, it says, Know ye not that you are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwells in you amen so the spirit of god indeed dwells in us and the, the 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 problem is that if we don't know by the spirit of god who we are then we cannot live the life that god has for us So, it is essential that we know our identity because it defines who we are and it also defines how we live. Amen. And regrettably, people are looking for their identity in all the wrong places and in all the wrong things. So, this revelation of our calling and this potential that God has deposited in each of us—it's is not a luxury. It is something that is necessary for us. Um, we saw in our last lesson Paul's declaration that um, he made in Second Corinthians chapter four and verse seven, where he says, "We, in other words, the believers." have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, amen. So Paul is essentially saying that the born again person has a treasure within him. And this treasure consists of the indwelling Holy Spirit, who has come, taken residence in us, and has placed gifts and talents in us. He has has deposited a potential in us. In other words, this potential resides within the believer. Amen. And the Word of God further tells us that the Holy Spirit works in us to conform us to the image of Christ. For example, if um, we turn to uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, we will read that passage. We see, we'll see we see what the Holy Spirit is doing in the life of the believer. Romans 8 verse 29, it says, for whom he, that is God, did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the, to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. So God, who foreknows, he knows all things, He knows the end from the beginning, He predestinated that we be that those who are His be conformed to the image of His son. Hallelujah. And he's doing this through his Holy Spirit residing in the believer. Consequently, a born again person's life, uh, the purpose of their life is to become Christ-like. This is the ultimate purpose of our life, is to become Christ-like and utilize this treasure that we have within us to become a treasure to God. Again, God is very strategic. He is a God of purpose and whatever he does you know he he determines with favorable results in mind and whatever plan he has he is able to work it out it's not our job to try to figure out how god is doing it he's going to do it we are to receive him receive his word amen allow the holy spirit to minister to us and flow with the spirit of God. Because again, it is not in our own power that we would get anything done. If we could do it on our own, we would need God, amen. But God wants us to be filled with his thoughts, with his plans, with his power, and we are to become channels and allow those thoughts and those that power to flow through us, amen, so that he can do his work in us and then use us as vessels to advance his kingdom therefore it is crucial that we have an appreciation for this treasure that we have within us it must be kept it must be cherished above all hallelujah you see christianity is synonymous to life in other words christianity means life jesus himself says i am the way I am the truth and I am the life, praise God. That's John chapter 14 and verse six, praise God. And not only do we know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, we also know that he is the light of men. And we can find that those references in John chapter one and John chapter eight and verse 12 that tells us that Jesus is the light of men, amen. Um, As you can see, this is a Bible study, therefore I'm giving a lot of uh, scriptures, a lot of references that uh, sometimes we don't have time to literally go into each verse in detail. So you can yourself in your own personal time of study, go back over these verses, praise God. So uh, again, as, as Christians, Uh, We have to understand that we are called to bear the image of Christ. It's not a small thing when we become Christian to just think that we are fireproof, amen. Uh, We are now going to heaven. This is just the the beginning. It's a process that is starting, amen. And we must allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. And um, it's a process in which, um, you know, He operates His power in us. And in allowing him to do so, we can obtain all that he, Jesus, has purchased for us on the cross and we can use it to advance his kingdom. Uh, We therefore must take hold of what the cross of Jesus and his complete victory has achieved for us. Amen. And you know, we only learn of the cross of what it is that the cross is what what are the benefits of the cross amen when we spend time with god when we spend time on his word in his word and allow the holy spirit to download the revelation of the word into our spirit and so you know as new creations in christ we have to live to reflect the reality of our new identity we cannot say that we are Christians and then live like the devil. That's, that's not doable, amen? Uh, we are when, when people do that, they are deceiving themselves. Um, the question then arises, how do we position ourselves to become these vessels uh, of glory, amen, through which uh, God can flow? Because we are here again as his As we mentioned last time, as his ambassadors, as workers together with him, as ministers of reconciliation, whom he wants to use. That's why he left us here, because really, when you think about it, this world, um, which the Bible says that, you know, Satan is the God of this world, has nothing good to offer. Apart from Christ, everything is chaos. And so we have to allow ourselves to be changed and then to be used by him. And so, therefore, to answer the question of how we position ourselves to become vessels of glory, um, the first thing that uh, we have to understand is that we have to line ourselves with our new identity. Amen. We don't want to walk around as people who have like I think they call that in uh, in psychiatry split personality. Uh, we say one thing about ourselves and we live a totally different life so we have two lives that we are living that can't that cannot be in second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 we are told that if any man be in christ he is a new creature all things are passed away and behold all things are become new amen and so a born again person is a new creation. And because all things are passed away, we see that this, this new creation is now, has become a master over the enemy. And we are going to look at how that this happens. You see, for example, um, we are told that in John chapter 16, that Jesus made this statement that the prince of this world comes, but he, he has nothing in me. In other words, Satan came to Jesus but could not find anything of himself, that is of Satan, in Jesus. There was no connection between Jesus, who is fully light, and Satan, who is the realm, represents the realm of darkness. And therefore, we just saw in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. So if we are indeed new creations in Christ, it must be that God has created us into people who are made after his own nature. Hallelujah. We have a new nature the adamic nature is now gone all things have passed away and behold all things have are are now new and this new nature allows us to live victoriously as christ lived on this earth hallelujah therefore satan can come to us also and find nothing of himself in us and some of us may think well this is a high calling how can one live such a life Again, it is not by power, it is not by might, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord, hallelujah. And let's look at, um, for a moment, at a passage of scripture, which I would like to um, go over in detail, which will bring everything into, into light or into focus with us for this study. I'm going to look at Colossians chapter one, and we are going to read first uh, verses 9 and 10, and then we will skip to verses 12 through 14. Amen. So let's go ahead and turn Colossians chapter 1, verse starting with verse 9 to verse 10. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, hallelujah. So see, this is part of Paul's prayer for the Colossians, the church in Col- Coloss, hallelujah. And let's go on and continue reading from verse 12 to verse 14 of that same chapter. Then he says, again, this is Paul praying, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Now, these verses here are loaded. We could be all evening and actually all night and all week uh, breaking down these scriptures. However, there are some important points in connection to our study that I would like to highlight. Number one, Uh, Notice that Paul in um, verse 9 prays that the, 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 the believers be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, wisdom, when we speak of wisdom, at least biblical wisdom, is an accurate perception into the true nature of things. Amen. An accurate perception into the true nature of things. And in addition, Paul didn't stop there. He prayed that they may have what? He says, all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The word understanding speaks of the skillful application of this wisdom in practical situations. Praise God. So we see that Paul here, is praying that they may they are filled with the knowledge of god's will in all wisdom in all spiritual understanding amen now let's also look at what is when what is god uh saying when he speaks about the knowledge having the knowledge of god's will i believe that he speaks of a deep and thorough knowledge of the will of god that is Finally and completely revealed in the word itself. Hallelujah. So it is a knowledge that is completely revealed in the word of God itself. So we cannot go outside the word of God to find wisdom, to find understanding, and to understand the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. Hallelujah. So what Paul was doing here was that he prayed for, that the saints by their spending time in the word of God and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit would find out God's will for their lives and be guided into all truth by the Holy Spirit which is what Jesus had told his disciples he says it is better for you that I go because when I go the Holy Spirit will come your teacher your your helper and will lead you and guide you into all truth So we see that as believers, amen, born-again believers, it is possible for us to attain that place of knowing God's will and walking in all wisdom and understanding, amen. Now, let's continue. Um, the, The second point that I would like to make is that we see that God has made us believers in verse 12 he says has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light what does it mean he has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance the word made us means that he qualified us amen uh, and the greek word for qualified means to make sufficient to empower or to authorize, amen. So God qualifies us only through the finished work of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, amen. Not on our own, it's through Jesus. And so the righteousness of Christ, it is is His righteousness that puts us in right standing with the Father. We are told in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 that Jesus who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him hallelujah and therefore there was if if i can say there an exchange jesus became sin for us and when we accept him by faith as our lord and savior then we acquire amen his righteousness and we are now in right standing with the father And Jesus being the light of the world, we are now in light. That's why he says that God has made us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. And therefore, we are in light if we are Christians because we are in Jesus and he is the light. And this inheritance that we have is in Jesus. And we can only come into that inheritance when we receive him by faith. Hallelujah. So these are a couple of points that, I, that, that I, I think are essential that I make, but there are two more things that I would like to say. Notice that these verses, and let's look at the verse he says in verse 13, that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of here, dear, dear son. Hallelujah. So the believer has been delivered from the power or that is the dominion of Satan. And now he belongs to another kingdom, the kingdom of the son of God. And the believer therefore has a new Lord. He has a new master, amen. And this new Lord and master is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. And everything that was part of the kingdom of darkness to which he belonged in the past, all of this is now gone for the believer, praise God. And then in verse 14, we see that he says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. What happens here is that the believer is washed by the blood of Jesus. He is forgiven all his sins. Therefore, he is fully redeemed. In other words, he has been bought back by the blood of Jesus. Because the new creation, therefore, has the nature and life and the very life of God, Satan cannot find anything in the believer that belongs to him, that is Satan. And therefore, he does not have dominion over the believer. These are things that we must know and be established in. God wants the born-again person to know that we are established in his righteousness. We are anchored in our right standing with him. Therefore, we don't owe Satan anything. Amen. Jesus has purchased us with his life. His blood was shed for us. God has declared us righteous and free, and therefore there is nothing for a believer to fear. Fear is against God's will. Fear does not have the power nor the right to usurp authority over a human being who has made the decision to live above it. That is fear itself. Fear is a spirit. Fear belongs belongs to the realm of darkness, amen. And we have to learn to see ourselves in that light in order to be effective workers in the kingdom of God, amen. Not only, you see, we can only give what we have. If we are not, first of all, walking in our full redemption, in the full benefits of our salvation, then how can we be used to deliver others? We must be not only aware of these things, but established in this truth. The Bible tells us that because God is on our side, because God is in us, amen, that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. But you know, that verse starts by saying, says Ye are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. What is that them? It is them that belong to the kingdom of darkness, Satan and all his cohorts. And all his plans and tactics, you know, to try and keep us down, but God tells us we are of Him and have overcome Satan because greater is He in us than He that is in the world. Amen. Notice that even before Jesus went to the cross, um, uh, and you know died and rose again, before the full, you know cross himself what we call the cross of christ had happened jesus walking in the earth was able to teach his disciples and empower them to go out and do the work that he himself was doing in luke chapter 10 and verse 19 he says to them behold i give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions amen and then he goes on to say, and nothing shall by any means harm you. The believers then who were, or should I say the, the, uh, the, the disciples then, they were not yet indwelled by the person of the Holy Spirit. And yet Jesus sends them out and says, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And then he says, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Therefore, as born-again believers, having Christ himself living in us by the Spirit of God, who has taken residence in us, what do we have to fear? As Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8, he says, if God be for us, who can be against us? We need to be established in righteousness. We need to know that we are the righteousness of God and that we don't owe Satan anything. Anything that he brings against us is outside of us and has no power over us. Hallelujah. The one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We are a new creation. We have the life and nature of God, and the one that is in us is greater than any force or power that is outside of us. Amen. Actually, one other scripture that I would like for us to look at is 1st John chapter 5 and we're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Amen. Uh, 1st John chapter 5 verses 4 and 5. It says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. In other words, the faith that has brought us into the family of God has made us overcomers over all the power of the enemy. The question is, do we believe that? Have we received that truth? Are we established in that truth? because God wants to use us to go forth, amen, and preach the gospel and allow the power of the gospel to set others free. That's why we are called ambassadors for God. That's why we are called ministers of reconciliation that he has left here on the earth to bring others into this kingdom, hallelujah, to reconcile others unto God first and foremost, and unto the destiny that God has for them. For us to be able to do that, we must be reconciled to the destiny that God has for us. Amen. So we have to resist. We must resist the temptation to yield to the ways of this world. You see, Jesus is our example. And uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8 says that we are to beware Lest any man spoil us through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. You see, the devil's strategy is to use values and beliefs of the world to rob us of our identity and all that Jesus died to give us. Amen. Therefore, God warns us and He instructs us. For example, we are also told that um, the world's tradition go against God's word and make it of no effect. Jesus actually said that in um, Mark chapter 7 and verse 13. We cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the word. It doesn't work this way. A kingdom that is divided cannot stand. It's all of God or nothing because the enemy will always find a a crack in uh, our armor if we allow him to bring us down see so jesus himself says by adding on things to the word of god we nullify its effect for us he says making the word of god of non-effect through your tradition which you have delivered amen and so uh notice even you know, that this is the devil's tactic. It's so subtle that we add things to the gospel or we detract things from it and we think that we can walk in the power of God while we're doing that. It can't happen. You know, Satan will try that with us anytime because that's, he's a master at deception. This is the way he best operates. He even tried it on Jesus. You know, when... Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness um, notice what was his strategy to attack Jesus it was to attack Jesus's identity the first thing he says he says if you are the son of God then do this or do that amen so that strategy was brought on to cause Jesus to doubt who he was but thank God it didn't work. Jesus knew who he was. He knew what his mission was, amen. And uh, he defeated Satan on every front. And you know Jesus was thoroughly familiar with the Word. As a matter of fact, he is the Word of God, and so he used it in that in the in context to defeat the enemy at every temptation. He told him, "It is written," amen. And after all this temptation, the enemy had to depart. So the weapon that Jesus used was the word itself. Amen. And therefore, as we are followers of Jesus, having his spirit in us, we need to also understand our identity so that Satan cannot deceive us. Uh, In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, In verse four, we are told that if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. So notice that If we are in Christ, we must know our identity. The gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus should not be hidden to to us. It is hidden to those that are lost. So we must not allow the enemy to use his ideas, his thoughts, his philosophies to blind our mind to the truth of the gospel. If we are in Christ, we are new creations the former person has passed away and god no longer sees the old person but instead he sees us in christ and this is how to we must see ourselves as well but the enemy would want would try to fool us into thinking that we are not in christ that we stand alone and therefore he can come and attack us and therefore he causes us to fear and to look for solutions outside of the word of God, outside of the Holy Spirit, amen, and he would want us to flow along with his thoughts and his ways. And when we, but when we really know our divine identity, and I say really, really know, we change our mind about who the world says we are, we start seeing ourselves with the lens through the lens of the gospel hallelujah and when we re- we come to that place where we reject the wor- the world's view then we start seeing the hand of god at work in our lives and we start believing that indeed what god says we can do we can indeed do it you know real Jesus preached the gospel, and the first thing he told people is to repent and believe. Real repentance is actually a change of mind leading to genuine regret for past sins and then followed by a change in behavior. There is no true repentance without a change in behavior. Feeling sorry or remorseful is just what it is. Is feeling remorseful. Judas felt remorseful. What did he do? he went and hung himself. He did not truly repent. True repentance is believing that you are sorry for what you have done and you've come to God, you've turned your around and you're now allowing his thoughts to flood your life. Hallelujah. And you are now ready to accept his ways. Therefore, there is a turnaround. And so when it comes to walking in Christ, amen, walking this Christian life, we must change our life, our mind, sorry, about our identity, specifically, who the world tells us that we are. Jesus Christ in us is our hope of glory. He perfects us and it is essential therefore that we keep in mind that satan was conquered by jesus and by us because we are identified with him hallelujah we are in christ the fact is we rule with jesus in this world this is a fact according to bible if we don't accept that we need to go back to square one, amen, and stay in the word until we have that revelation done on us by the Holy Spirit who is working in us, and then repent and have a change of mind. Praise God. Um again, Jesus, this whole thing has as objective for us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. And Jesus is a conqueror. We cannot have the conqueror living in us and live a defeated life. It doesn't make any sense. This is again, having a split personality. It doesn't make sense. The Bible teaches us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I think most of us Christians, we know Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We also know that uh, that same chapter, Philippians 4, verse 19, where uh, the Bible tells us that God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And again, the question is, do we really believe that? Do we get, or do we get anxious when we have a need? Whatever need may arise, whether it's a health situation or financial need or peace in relationships, you know, whatever it is that that we might need. Do we worry? Well, the the thing is our faith. Are we receiving what the Bible tells us, the very word of God? hallelujah the bible tells us to receive with meekness james 1 the engrafted word of god that is able to save our soul you know why the bible didn't say to receive with mixed meekness the word of god but instead it says receive with meekness the engrafted word of god why because the word must become engrafted in our heart in order for it to to save our soul amen to take us from glory to glory, to give us the mind of Christ so that we can walk on this earth with the mind of Christ. You see, the ability of God is in our hands. And we have to know that. We have to live like as more than conquerors on this earth. We must be assured that God is able to supply all our needs. Hallelujah. Not some, but all our needs so that we can walk with complete and total reliance upon him and never fear. Fear is a liar. Fear is not part of a Christian's life. Let's go ahead and turn to Romans chapter five and verse 17. Romans chapter five and verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You see, it's the Bible that says that, that if we have received, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, it's like a formula. You receive abundance of grace, plus you receive the gift of righteousness, then the end result is that you reign in this life by one, that is by Jesus Christ. We are here, the Lord left us here to rule in his name. Jesus reaffirms this as he gives us his instructions when he said, in my name, you shall cast out demons. In other words, we are to confront the realm of darkness, amen, and put the realm of darkness to flight because we have that power to rule over these forces of darkness. All authority has been given to Jesus and he has given the believer the use of his name. Just think of it, Jesus succeeded in securing all power and authority by going to the cross, by dying a horrible death, by suffering the penalty for sin and defeating Satan in the pit of hell. He came to earth as a man for one reason, to recapture the authority Satan had stolen through Adam's disobedience in the garden. Jesus is called the last Adam, hallelujah. After securing that power and authority, he turned around and freely gave it over to those who would believe on him. And those are you and myself, hallelujah. So it's not enough for us to simply accept Jesus's work on the cross. We are held responsible for much more. We are on a mission here. I, I believe that we all know this, what we call the great commission which can be found in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. Let's go ahead and turn to what Jesus told his disciples. Uh, Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. We're turning to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe." Before I go on, let me stop here and ask you a question. It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Are you one of of the them that believe? Well, if you are, then this is what's supposed to happen. I'm go. i I'm continuing reading. It says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus's instructions are intended for his church in every generation. It it wasn't meant for his 12 disciples or the few men that followed him then. Actually, he says in Matthew chapter 28, you go ahead and you do do these things. He says, and lo, I will be with you until the end of the world, hallelujah. The question is, would the disciples then still be alive to the end of the world? No, Jesus intended them to go out and make disciples. In other words, to be taught what Jesus, what the disciples had received through Jesus, for them to also believe on him as Lord and Savior, be taught, be discipled, hallelujah. And as they themselves become disciple, they would turn around and make another generation of disciples. And this cycle would continue of making disciples from one generation to the other until the end of the world in other words those signs would follow them that believe in 2022 if we believe we are that generation through whom those things those signs must be manifested that in his name we cast out devil that we speak with new tongues. that we take up serpent and if notice he didn't send us to drink go and drink poison to try and prove that we have this supernatural power in us because then we are playing with uh satan himself we are entering into satan's territory but instead if they drink any deadly thing in other words by accident it shall not hurt them and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover hallelujah and again these instructions are for jesus's church in every generation therefore now, it's not yesterday or tomorrow. Now, all authority belongs to the church. Now, we are called to rule and reign with Christ. We are not to wait. Now, our victory in all areas is assured to the point where even our healing is assured. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2.24, tells us that the believer's healing is guaranteed because it's part of the redemptive work of Christ. Amen. Um, Let's go ahead and turn to that passage. 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self, this is referring to Jesus Christ, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. Notice your word, were. When Jesus was beaten for us, when he hung on that cross, that was to pay not only for our sins and our iniquities, to remove that from us, but also to heal us by his stripes, we were healed on the cross. And if we were healed then, we are healed now because we are in Christ. We ought to bear Christ's image in nature, in character, in power, and do the works that he did when he walked the earth. That's why before leaving in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 12, he explicitly told his disciple, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Because I go to the Father means that he was going to send his Holy Spirit to indwell the believers. Hallelujah. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we would be able to do the works that he has done. And, you know, wanting to stress that what he's saying is not only true because Jesus is truth, he cannot speak a lie, but he stresses that point by repeating it twice. He says, verily, verily, I say to you. In other words, take me seriously because this is guaranteed. If you have the Holy Spirit living in you because I'm going back to the Father and I'm going to send him, then the works that I do, you also shall do them. Hallelujah. So the reality of the new creation is not only, a, if I can call it, a theological fact, but it is a living reality. Any person who is in Christ means that, that means at the moment that he or she accepts Christ as his or her Lord and Savior, becomes one with the Word. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The Bible tells us that in First Corinthians six and verse seventeen, Amen. And then Jesus goes ahead, ahead and he explains. In um, I know I'm giving a lot of scriptures, but there is there's just so much to be said here. Um, John fifteen and verse five um, records Jesus's own words. So in other words, we also we have. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, that says that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, amen. You see oneness, union, hallelujah, there is no separation. And then John 15 and verse 5 takes it a little further and says, Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Okay, so do we see the oneness there? Amen. There is a tree and there are branches to the tree. Have you ever seen the branches of a tree living by themselves? No, they all come together. It's a package. Hallelujah. And Jesus goes on to say, He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So here Jesus introduces the concept of fruitfulness, of bearing fruit. If he is the vine and we are the branches and we are abiding in him, then the next thing is that we are to bear fruit and not just regular, you know, whatever measure we want. No, he sets the standard. He says, you bring forth much fruit, hallelujah. So the focus of the new creation that is the born again believer must be to live In such a way to reflect the reality of this new identity, to bear fruit and to occupy as Jesus commanded. Hallelujah. The resurrection power of God, of Jesus, I'm sorry, the resurrection power of Jesus has made this possible for us. You see, Christianity was born after the resurrection. The cross was a process to the resurrection amen so when jesus says i have come to give you life and life in abundance he's speaking about the resurrected life that he himself has become when he rose from the dead Uh, he says in I believe Revelation 1 and verse 18, I am he that was dead and I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and hell, hallelujah. This resurrection life is speaks of the glory of God. And so by faith, if we are in Christ, when Jesus died, we died. When he arose, we arose. Hallelujah. And our focus must be to look forward to the glory. The Bible tells us that we are to go from glory to glory and become the image of the one that we are beholding, which is Christ through the word of God, because the word is Jesus. Actually, let's go ahead and turn to that scripture. Second Corinthians chapter three, verses 17, and 18. I keep those scriptures together because they are connected. It is the work of the Spirit in verse 17 that is being expounded on in verse 18. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we are looking at verse 17 and 18. Hallelujah. It says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. In other words, where the spirit of the Lord is, has taken his place as Lord. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It starts by saying now the Lord is that spirit. Amen. And where this, the spirit of the Lord is, Lord indeed, there is liberty. And then it goes on to say, which is actually a breakdown of what was said in verse 17. It explains what's happening. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what is this saying? It's telling us that when we come to God with a heart, that is a humble heart, a heart that is open to change, a heart that is open to God's correction, amen, Um, that we don't have any hidden agenda, and we behold as in a glass, meaning that we are looking through the mirror of the word. The mirror of the word reflects the glory of God, it is in the word of God and the spirit of God that is at work in us that we can understand, we can see Jesus, that we can see who he is, that we can see the standard to which He is calling us. When we, are, when we tap into this revelation, we are changed into the same image and we go from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. In other words, it is the spirit of the Lord that is doing that work in us. That is why in verse 17, we are told where now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In other words, as we are taken from glory to glory, we become freer and freer and freer in Christ. And we become who he has created us to be. And we become empowered to do what he has called us to be. Jesus says, If the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. You know, we often quote that scripture, but we don't understand the workings of that scripture. It takes the Spirit of God to be Lord indeed in our life for us to experience the liberty of God. And the liberty of God doesn't only speak about, you know, me, myself, and I being delivered. It speaks about, yes, we are delivered, but we go on to help deliver others. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. Hallelujah. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the key to this in bringing us to a place to, to experience the glory. Man had died. I mean, yes, actually had died uh, spiritually and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came to do what? To return this glory to man. And so our we, when we look forward as we march forward in our christian life we march forward in this glory that the holy spirit reveals to us hallelujah you know the the apostle paul knew his identity and the power that was resident in him and he says um in first corinthians chapter 2 uh, verses 4 and 5 he says that his speech and preaching were not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, hallelujah. So the instructions for us here is that our faith should rest on the power of God. Therefore, nothing of darkness, whether it's poverty, Sickness, uh, fear, confusion, strife, etc. Anything that is not of God, the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Outside of this, everything else, you know, falls into the realm of darkness. Poverty is not of God. Sickness is not of God. Fear, confusion, strife, etc. Amen. Nothing of darkness has any legal ground in our life. Hence, our faith stands in God's power. And therefore, and we stress this tonight to each and every one of us, because I'm preaching to myself also right now. There is no dead situation that has the power to endure in our life. Hallelujah. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We've seen that. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we saw that. And secondly, we have been given eternal life, amen. The, it is a life, when we speak of eternal life, we speak of a life that is filled with the power of God, the working power of God. The word in uh, in the Bible that was used there, amen, referring to the power of God that in, in when Paul says, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, it is the word dunamis, amen, dunamis, that speaks of the working power of God. We therefore must be fully persuaded of what Christ has done for us and purpose to walk in the abundance of life that Jesus has come to bring us, the victory of jesus in our life must be seen with first with our eyes of faith and then we will see the glory the manifestation of the glory of his resurrection being manifested in us and through us hallelujah praise god there is much more that will be said on this subject as i go on uh, teaching in this series of being a treasure to God. There are steps that we need to take to make this happen. And our heart should be set on positioning ourselves in becoming established in those truths that we just spoke of, hallelujah, so that we can become these vessels of glory, vessels of honor through which God can flow. That means that we will have to be looking at Jesus all the time separate ourselves unto him it's not enough to be separated out of the world we need to be separated unto him to allow the revelation of who he is of the revelation of the finished work of the cross and by that i'm talking about jesus's defeat of satan he's stripping satan of his authority And he's making us new creations in him, which means that we are now free. We must focus on this truth. This is our identity in Christ. The authority that God has given us, that is resident in us, makes us more than conquerors. It is an authority over Satan's realm and god wants us to be established in it consequently we are going to have to live our life focusing on jesus and who we are in him first knowing who he is then we will know who we are in him so it's all about seeing jesus because in him is every supply every provision, Jesus is life, amen. Please join us next week for continuation of this study. Let us go ahead and close in prayer, hallelujah. Father, we give you all glory, all honor and all praise. We thank you for your great love for us, for your mercy and your grace as you continually work in our lives by your spirit to conform us to your image we thank you lord for stirring our hearts to know who we are in christ and to embrace the mission that you have given each of us for the advancement of your kingdom with willing hearts and mind we take hold of this great destiny that you have for us in that it is not only our redemption that you have purchased, but also our transformation, as we embrace these times of study and fellowship with you, with a full view of all that you can do in us for your glory and for our rejoicing. In Jesus' mighty name, Mm -hmm. amen. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling, and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I trust that this time of study has been a blessing unto you and that you'll join us again next Wednesday at the same time. God bless you and have a good night.